Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Welcome to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with grainy film of rapidly unraveling homebound husband, Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm your scantily clad blonde neighbor, Luke Patrick. Uh, this week we watched 1989's The Burbs. And, uh, and Luke, how was, uh, how was your watch this week? Um, you know, I went into it with some mixed feelings, given that I had sort of a meltdown last week uh it was a challenging watch for sure yeah including laying on the floor screaming why so this week though my dude it provided the burbs was pretty good pretty good okay is is what i'll give it like a like a c plus it's a passing grade i got through the class just fine Okay, and and no no hitches to your watch this week. No, nah, no, nah, it was pretty straightforward. Just a good old classic Friday evening watch. Ate some dinner, sat down with uh, this movie. I will say to go back to our stars watch. <laughs> I did have to procure yet again a stars subscription because mm-hmm. they have selectively cherry picked portions of Tom Hanks' career to use as tent poles on the Stars Network. And I. I can't decide whether I'm angry or if I respect whoever made that choice. Yeah, I mean, for at least two people on planet Earth, we have interacted with stars more than I ever expected just to see two Tom Hanks movies. Yeah, I used up my trial uh, back with, what was it, Bachelor Party? Yeah, Bachelor Party was the other one. I have given stars $9. (laughs) Right. I will say in comparison to the other uh, tentpole franchise from tom hanks that they're using this does a lot better than bachelor party for me oh oh yeah no i didn't i didn't get fucking sweaty angry right. uh, during this one you didn't yell at it like a uh, like an angry dad you didn't yell at your tv i did not yeah well speaking of how was your watch my dude it was good uh did another uh wife watch i don't <laughs> i don't know that i like the sound of that i don't my like wife, that at all my wife took in the movie with me nice it was a it was a good watch, uh, aside from having to purchase stars for a month. But yeah, solid watch. 
I do, uh, watched it last night, but I do just want to say, man, I fucking hate Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> I, I bought a giant box of them, and I'm still churning my way through it, and fuck, I hate them. Yeah. Have you considered Count Chocula or some of the other, uh, you know, paying sponsors of the show? Isn't, isn't Count Chocula sort of like a, uh, like Fruity Pebbles, but chocolate? I mean, beats me, man. I'm all grape nuts over here. Oh, God, Jesus. What yeah. are you, 80? Yeah, I mean, you got to get fiber. <laughs> you just got to get it. Folks, it is very important that you get uh, your, your daily recommended amount of fiber. It uh, It's good for your health. Yeah. Um. So, Luke, did uh, after last week's debacle, did you miss Tom? I actually did, but it comes with a giant asterisk that I've been carrying around on my back all week, which is that oh. I did miss Tom, but I missed I missed the good days back in the, uh, dare I say it, post-bachelor party days, say, a man with one red shoe. I missed those those heady days of just digging into this and seeing bad but still pretty tolerable Tom Hanks movies, and um, I'm, I'm very happy to report that that's pretty much what we got this week. Yeah, yeah. I well, we might disagree with that a little bit. Mm. But yeah, so so you want it, it's not necessarily the smoothness of the tom that you desire. It's it's more the the sort of uh halcyon days of a of a younger uh less experienced tom who maybe was more approachable. Yeah, you know, to be honest, I don't think it had a ton to do with tom. I think I just really hated punchline. <laughs> and, mm. um, yeah, I will say, though, Smooth probably does have a, you know, something to do with this recipe. The smoothness of the Tom does come into play here, and this Tom was pretty smooth. He did have some smoothness to him. Yeah. Uh, pretty smooth, almost smoother than last week's. Yeah, I'd say smoothness was, was increased compared to the gritty comic version of Tom Hanks, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, how about you, my dude? Did you, did you miss Tom in the intermittent times between watching... Two hours and two minutes of punchline and this week yeah you know i find i at this point i get a little alarmed when i go without tom for too long mm. uh so I, I he's now a required presence in my life and i don't know what if that's good or bad but um he's he provides a lot of comfort to me now a lot of stability he's sort of an anchor to my week and mm. so i know you know if i'm having a rough wednesday i go you know what it's uh, maybe two, three days until until Tom's back in my life. Man, I'm glad to hear that. That's a really positive way to view this, that I have been failing to hit. So I, yeah, you're setting a really high bar here. I appreciate that. Hey, he's he's the rock we can all lean on as America's dad. Yeah, although he isn't the rock, a, a famous American dad. No. <laughs> So Luke, do you want to do you want to tell the these fine listeners about the plot of this movie? Sure. So to give you Luke Patrick's patented three act structure or your money back guarantee, this one's pretty smooth. It's the best offer in town. Yeah. Essentially, the movie starts with Tom Hanks and his lovely wife Carrie Fisher. So great to see her back on screen. Oh, it just uh, it's so wonderful to see her. Yeah, I'd love to talk more about her performance in a second, but uh, yeah, we have a sort of Generic nuclear family with uh, mom, dad, and kid out in the burbs, which is the name of this movie. I don't know that we said that. It's the burbs. It's the burbs. Yeah, so the movie begins with them at home. Tom has taken a week off from work. They've been living in this house for, I believe, a couple months, they said. 
something like that. Yeah. They're newer to the block. Anyway, act one is that they, he's trying to find something to do with his time and he has kind of some eccentric neighbors. There's a Vietnam vet and his kind of scantily dressed wife. Mm-hmm. There's another guy named Art who's a more generic suburban dad, Midwestern kind of suburban dad. And mm-hmm. act one is escalating tension as the strangely undecorated, untaken care of house next door. They become very suspicious of it and decide to investigate these new neighbors, the Klobex, because they believe that they are serial killers or cannibals or just uh, Satanists, you know, up to general no goodness. Yes. And then act two, they continue to perform some hijinks. They break into their house. Uh, There's a scene where they go to an elderly neighbor into his house because he's vanished and they're sort of trying to figure out if he's been murdered by the Klobex, culminating with them uh, going into the Klobex house because their wives, who are intelligent human beings, say, well, let's just go talk to them, bring them some brownies and have a nice little chat. So they go inside the house and meet the Klobex there's a older gentleman named Ruben who's very German. The most German you could find. Extremely German. And then there's a uh, then there's a boy, Hans. Hans, yeah. He's uh, got the nasty beard, Hans. <laughs> the, the sort of troglodyte beard. Mm-hmm. And then there is a doctor, a very well put together, sort of take him as like a Hannibal Lecter type, very well put together, but kind of creepy uh, doctor. Mm-hmm. Whose name I don't remember. Do you remember his name other than Dr. Klobeck? Uh, give me a moment and I'll find out for you. Okay. While you do that, so Act 2 is basically that. There's some hijinks involved as they investigate and some neighborhood shenanigans. Ending with Act 3 when Art and Tom break into their house while they are gone and they begin to explore both the backyard where they suspect bodies are buried as well as the basement where they discover basically a crematorium and a big patch of dirt that they dig down into until Tom hits the gas main that's down there. Police show up because the Klobex have arrived and see people in their home. They all go out into the street and the house explodes and then it is revealed in the ambulance where Dr. Klobeck and Tom are. The and, doctor, and that would be uh, Dr. Werner Klobeck. Dr. Werner, Werner Klobeck. Yeah, so they're in the ambulance and it is revealed that, in fact, Dr. Werner Klobeck is a serial killer. And he is foiled by Tom when he tries to inject him with something. They have a little bit of a scuffle. And then he escapes and he dodges all criminal charges because the people that were charging him are indeed serial killers. Everybody's arrested. There's a bunch of bones in a trunk. And uh, Tom decides to just go up to the lake like Carrie Fisher wanted for his vacation. Just go to the goddamn lake instead of hanging out at your fucking house in your slippers spying on your neighbors. There you go. That was a lot. It is a lot, but I, I'd say it's still a pretty tight flick. Yeah. It's well put together. I mean, it's definitely well constructed, uh, which does lead me, I guess, to this question. Sam, I think we're we're coming at this from different angles. Did you did you like this movie? Luke, I fucking loved it. Really? Oh my god, yeah. Mm. It's so fucking good. Easily, I think, the best movie we've seen so far. Damn, dude. Yeah, I, Luke, I fully, unironically, recommend our listeners watch this one. Nice. Well, I'm going to need you, well, actually, you say that, but they have to get stars. If you don't don't have stars. 
Yeah, if you already have stars or you can get a free uh, trial for stars, definitely watch it. Otherwise, purely out of spite, don't. Well, I didn't have a bad time with this. It was definitely entertaining, but I would love to hear more about, you know, specific parts that you enjoyed and sort of why you had such a rollicking fun time with this flick. Okay. Um, Because I'm assuming you, you, just from from what you said a little bit last night, it sounds like you kind of just almost fully disliked it. I didn't dislike it. It was an entertaining time. Yeah, I'll give you more of my thoughts afterward. I'm hoping that you can redeem it in my eyes and sort of shed some light on the the beauty, maybe take off the glasses and let down the hair in this movie. Um, (laughs) And let me let me see a different side of this. Yeah, yeah, let me, um, hold on, let me, let me get my hair down. Oh, oh yes. Oh, shake it that out, feels Sam. good. And, uh, and I've put on something other than these paint-covered overalls that mm. I keep wearing. Yeah. Uh, it's just a fine dress now. It's, it's just like a, a stupid, genuinely funny movie. I thought the, the gags worked really well. The performances were great. Every character in this movie fucking nailed their role. Mm-hmm. Yes. Art. Art is this wonderful kind of dipshit, like almost parasitic neighbor where he shows up and he's just eating everything in (laughs) in Tom and Carrie's house. Yeah, this man eats like he has a tapeworm. Yeah, including like some dog food, which I thought was a a really good gag. (laughs) Tom's Tom does a really good job. And I think it's an interesting role because there were times watching this movie. I forgot Tom Hanks was in it. Mm. And and not because he had a, a bad performance or whatever. I think it's because the ensemble did such a good job that it, he kind of almost faded into the background a little bit. Yeah. I will uh, say as much as I hated Art's character, the actor portraying him as the unsung hero of this movie because it really is a world-class performance. And in a movie oh, yeah. that I'd argue Tom kind of doesn't bring his full self. I have a theory about that, but we'll dig dig into that in a second. Okay. Yeah. Um and I thought Carrie Fisher did a great job. I loved the the army vet neighbor, yes. uh Mr. Rumsfield. Oh, so good. He was so fucking good in it. And honestly, um Henry Gibson, I think is the actor's name, mm-hmm. who played uh, Dr. Werner Klobeck. He he was fantastic as this like like kind of nice but also like definitely menacing sure um like doctor who uh you don't really know what kind of doctoring he does Mm. but he seems like perfectly nice for most of it but there's that like undertone i i thought that the tone of the movie was was really well handled just as far as like it it was funny but it also handled like the suspense and the sort of darker tone of there are creepy people in the neighborhood. Sure. It, it handled that super well. And I don't know about you, but I got big Beetlejuice energy from this one. Yeah, Beetlejuice factors into my critique of this film, actually. Oh, okay. But again, I'm, I'm, I want to hear that. Okay. Um, I'm trying very hard to yes and what you're putting down because I hear you. This all makes sense. I want to give you this positive feedback. As I put in my notes, I will be a goddamn professional in this episode <laughs> instead of crying on the floor <laughs> like last week. Yeah, I think, you know, from reading reviews at the time after seeing the film, it looks like this was attempting to kind of ride the coattails of Beetlejuice. Oh, so this was after it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. And honestly, having recently watched Beetlejuice, which is way more problematic than you remember, go give it a spin. Really? You'll be pretty amazed, yeah, at how both racially insensitive and misogynistic the film is. I'm not necessarily shocked by the misogyny because, as as we've learned, that's sort of par for the course at uh, this time. <laughs> right. Uh, the the racism, mostly I just can't figure out where the opportunities were in Beetlejuice. Yeah, Michael Keaton does some impressions that are a little less than... Ooh, oh, no, Michael, why? Yeah, it's a, it's a real gut buster. Oh, but you know, you the, hate to see it. Yeah, those things being said, uh, Beetlejuice as a film, the way it's constructed, I found way more entertaining. And the reason is that there are stakes in that film versus mm. this, where until the very end, I genuinely loved the scene at the end when they're in the ambulance. And of course, it's revealed that Dr. Klobek is actually a killer and that they have been vindicated. But otherwise, the stakes are pretty low in this movie, so there's not a ton to get invested in. It's just kind of a string of dipshits doing dumb shit, which is entertaining, but not to the same degree that I think, ironically, something like Beetlejuice is, which I guess we could classify as highbrow in comparison. You know, I I see what you mean, but I, I put it to you, Luke, that maybe that's the point. Mm. Because... The, the way I think about it, the suburbs is, in and of itself, like, conceptually suburbs, are a status quo, all the time, kind of low-stakes gambit. Sure. And and even, like, so your neighbor is a murderer, it doesn't really change that much for you. Yeah. Um. And, and like, you know, I, I said last week that I thought this was going to be a documentary about the horrors of, of redlining, um, <laughs> and it, it wasn't however yeah i was gonna say tom tom gives a speech towards the end of the movie that i sort of took as like a skewering of suburbs as a as as an uh concept yeah that's totally fair he goes in hard on the idea that they have been the paranoid ones the ones yes investigating their neighbors and being very suspicious of everybody and and there are a lot of messages like that I think like um, there was the the garbage man who was talking about like, wasn't it like the communist manifesto? Yeah, there's a garbage man. I did enjoy this a lot. There's two garbage men. One is exactly the character you think. The other is borderline a hippie garbage man. Yes. Oh, very hippie. Talks a lot about the right to know the minute garbage hits the sidewalk outside its public domain and they have a right to know what's in the garbage. And, and so I, I think... I think there are messages in there that like the suburbs suck and like are are in in a way destructive. Yeah. Um. In, in that like vilification of of others, and, and the fact that like they don't have any fucking stakes in it, but they still essentially ruin these people's lives. And granted, the the show sort of exonerates them by by saying like, look, these people who are very different from everyone else in the neighborhood ended up being murderers. Yeah. But up until that point, it's like, no, the main characters have all been assholes. Yeah, and, which is what I definitely didn't enjoy about this. I had a hard time identifying with anybody or really uh, enjoying the antics. And again, I want a yes and to you here, my man. Mm-hmm. It's just art. I just hate this character. This like... Oh, yeah. He sucks so fucking much. But but I think that's kind of the beauty of it. I don't know. Like, for me, it it was a good way to turn my brain off. 
Yes, that's fair. And I will say the only thing that bugs me about him is that this is a feature-length portrayal of Dopey Dad from Dopey Dad commercials. Mm -hmm. That, like, you know, well, he can't use the fabric softener without getting his dick caught in the machine. Oh, Dopey Dad. (laughs) Um, That's art for, for an hour and a half. And to to a degree, Tom. Oh, both of them, for sure. They are the dumbest men on earth, which is saying something. Yeah, I, I will say it was kind of nice for a movie to finally, it, so far in the series, it's it's been pretty shitty to women, and to finally have a movie that is starting to be nicer to women. Mm, true. Um, and it shows the women as being the only people with more than three synapses yeah. that are firing um, and have, like, uh, more compassion and just kind of a, a better way of thinking about shit. Sure. I do really wish they'd done more with Carrie Fisher. Oh, I know. Yeah. Another movie where she's just criminally underused, but when she's in there, man, she is fucking excellent. Yeah, I'd argue she even had more screen time and more to do in The Man with One Red Shoe, more character in this. She's essentially just a housewife. It's kind of Oh, yeah. her function. I definitely think she was she was better in One Red Shoe. But but God, I just I just love her. There were a couple things that Kenna pointed out, mm. and uh, one in particular that I want to talk about, and that's the music. Because mm. she pointed out that movies uh, today don't have the same kind of music as is in this one. It's very upbeat. It's this like nice instrumental stuff. There's no um uh, like uh music like songs. Sure. It's just all instrumental, and it feels kind of old-timey in that way yeah they also work it into the scenery almost as fully which is super nice like there's a kid one of my favorite characters is this kid who's just a generic pseudo 90s stoner kid and he and all his friends uh ricky dalton yes uh, Corey feldman yeah yeah ricky he his character is that he he loves the street because his neighbors are crazy there's always something going on yes and in act three he actually invites over a shitload of friends just to watch the neighborhood go down um really dug his character but anytime he's out on the porch playing rock music it's through his speakers so we get yeah totally i totally see what you're saying we get a little bit of musical exposure but it's like through the environment or it really accentuates what's happening on screen it's it's pretty tasteful well and and it it felt like there was more to this world than was just happening in the movie like how did how did ricky uh buy a house so I wondered if you'd catch this because, you know, you have eagle eyes trained to see conspiracies, mm-hmm. but they snuck this line in there. His parents are out of town. When his girlfriend comes over that first time to uh, watch the neighborhood, he says, oh, okay. don't worry, they'll be back next Thursday. Okay, okay, okay. That makes some sense. Because I had the same fucking thought. Also, he drinks a beer at some point, and I don't know if that's legal or if Art has just supplied a minor with alcohol. I mean, it seems like something Art would do as a <laughs> dumbass. Yeah. Also, I just wanted to ask a question. So so the Rumsfields, this would be the, the older army veteran and um, qu- quite honestly his hot wife. Yeah. How'd they end up together, do you think? So I have a theory about this. Okay. And it does dovetail very nicely into the subtext of this movie. But Sam, it's going to be a ride, so I need you to buckle up. Uh. I'm I'm buckled. Okay. So my theory is that they met after Vietnam, which I believe is the war he was in. Yes. Uh, he does say Southeast Asia. He saw some stuff like this, meaning a house full of Germans killing people, which I thought was a funny line. 
But yeah, I believe they probably met after the war, back when they were both pretty young. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a bad looking dude. And then I think over time, what's happened is that he's turned into this controlling husband who has forced his wife to get multiple layers of uh, of surgery, plastic surgery, to maintain an appearance. And I, I believe it's him that makes her dress that way, kind of scantily. Um, and she may be into parts of it, but it is it is driven by her love for him and their dynamic where he essentially orchestrates her look and her whole situation to match his desires to fight his own fears of aging. Hey, that's fucking bleak. Yeah, man. That's that was a real rough ride. Um if if I had not been buckled in, I would have been thrown out of this vehicle. <laughs> Welcome um, to the burbs, my dude. Holy shit. Can I just just put out a theory that that might be a little bit better? Okay. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, n- not not more plausible than yours, because unfortunately yours is probably more plausible, but God, I'll put one out that's maybe a little more fun. Sure, I'd love that, please. Okay, he is a cuckold, and mm. she uh, is trying to fuck her way through the neighborhood. Yeah. That's it, pure and simple. He, he gets off on watching her pound down on every human on that block. Yeah. And uh and she is just advertising 24/7 and he is so into it. He does have a lot of surveillance equipment and specifically a night scope that we see mm-hmm. several times in this film. I think this is I don't think these are mutually exclusive, but I think yours is more on the money, my dude. Well, it's a it's a damn shade happier. <laughs> yeah, I'm beginning to wonder if maybe I'm in that mental state you were with with Big where I just Hey, well, here's my other thing about this, Sam, and this is going to get pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm sad I don't get to watch these with you. I am so fucking disappointed about that because, yeah. God, I want to watch these with you, man. I feel like it's this is one of those movies where if you're just watching with someone who's, you know, you're you're reinforcing your state of mind. It's like watching a Coen Brothers film. You got to watch it with someone who knows when to laugh to like give you the mm-hmm. feel for when to do it. I feel like I, I would have had a great time watching this. With you and Kenna, um, but sadly, you know, 2020 stuff. So Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, uh, man, I got to tell you, I laughed a lot. Yeah, can you break off some of those laugh points? Because I, I, my laughs were pretty sparing. I would love to feel some more joy through this. Yeah, sure. Um, So early on when Walter, I think, the, the old man with the toupee, when his dog shits on um, Mr. <laughs> Rumsfield, uh, Rumsfield's lawn, he he yells that he's gonna staple the dog's ass shut. Right. Opening five minutes of the movie. First five minutes. Oh yeah. Um Art eating all that food. I laughed pretty hard when he ate the dog food. <laughs> um the the mouth sounds were were suitably horrific and, and I got a good chuckle out of that. Um so it shows like something happening in the neighborhood, and quite frankly, I don't remember what it was, but the camera zooms in on everyone in the neighborhood. Yeah. I think it's I think it's when Tom and Art are going to go up to ring the doorbell. Right. And um, and it just just this very dramatic zoom in on everyone in the in the neighborhood because they're all like, are they really going to fucking do it? And it zooms in on uh, the old man's dog. Right. And I it just got me. Yeah, it's really well done. It's also the same exact shot as the barn scene and nothing in common, but it works on every cylinder. It's firing just 100 yes. percent here. Yeah, 
God, there was another one. Oh, oh, oh. There's the scene where Tom and Art find that femur mm. uh, that Tom's dog dug up. And they realize it's a femur and they're just screaming about how horrible it is. And it goes on for a while and the camera is zooming in and out and in and out and in and out. And then like Art stops screaming and the camera like stabilizes. And then Tom is just still screaming and Art's like, hey, you gotta, you gotta stop now. <laughs> and I, it just, it, God, fuck, it's so good, man. Yeah. And my brain was off and, and my laughs were on. Man, I think that's the trick. I need to I need to turn off my brain more because there were pieces of this. I, I'm hearing it now that you're saying it, but at the time we get this zooming in and out, in and out shot, and it drove me bonkers because it's just so bad. But yeah. to your point, if I had been a little bit more comatose in my viewing, I would have loved that. You know, I it's it's kind of the problem that I had with Big that you were talking about, where like if you get in the wrong headspace mm. for like a fraction of the second at the beginning of one of these movies, it, it kind of ruins the whole thing. Yeah. You, you eat one bad burrito before the rest of your evening and the whole thing is off for sure. Which actually I, I did. I, I ate a burrito <laughs> that I, I didn't love last night. <laughs> and it impacted your viewing in no way. So that's, that's a true champion it right there. It did not. Um, I do also want to note that, you know, you talked about the explosion that, that Tom kind of was caught in. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Charred Nipple Return. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Charred Nipple, the sequel. <laughs> yeah. The Reckoning. This is our new franchise, but we're just going to find new ways to burn Tom's nipples as many times as we can. Uh, and not, not in real life, I hope. I mean, if it needs to happen in real life to get Charred Nipple 37, the return to Nipple Town, then I'm here for it. You know, uh, it's a... That's an intense view. It's a it's a passionate view, and frankly, I respect it and I'll support it. Yeah, I want to put a flag in this. Actually, we're up to charred nipples too. I, I'm really curious now if we get additional, uh, you know, additions to this franchise, uh, the charred nipple franchise, as we continue to go through the oeuvre. Oh yeah, let's uh, charred nipple watch. Charred nipple it's watch. Official folks. now, folks. So I will say this movie a little bit put a kink in the um, in the Hanks theory. Because he in no way does his job this week, and but it's a damn good movie. I will take umbrage with that, uh, Professor Umbridge, with that slightly, in the sense that I think the Hanks rule works best for movie movies, if you know what I mean, like fancy. Oh, oh you mean you mean a a film? A film, yeah, which is not <laughs> great for podcasts, but yeah, I think it works best for let's say things aiming to be a Criterion film. Mm, I got you. It holds strong for big. Yeah, very he, true. He does a job throughout that whole movie, basically, and it's a fucking good movie. Yeah, it's very true. Although I would say objectively, big is probably a better written film than this. I mean, this movie. Let me let me let me walk back some of my previous statements to say that this movie is dumb, but in a good way. Like yes, it totally knows what it's doing. It knows that the hat it's wearing is extremely silly. So it's not trying to be a Beetlejuice or, you know, a Twilight Zone. It's it knows what it is. And so I don't know that the uh, Hanks rule necessarily applies. I should go back to the lab and maybe retool some of the caveats to the Hanks rule. Sure. Uh, So do you have do you have a favorite moment in this movie? 
I do, and it's when this film absolutely committed to the surrealism, and I wish they'd done so much more of it. It's when he's having a fever dream about his neighbors, and mm-hmm. he's on the world's biggest fucking Weber grill in the dream. He's about yes. to be stabbed by all the Satanists, and they're cooking him on a literal big-ass Weber grill, and it, it did <laughs> really make me laugh. It had a wonderful surrealist aspect to it. Uh, it was it was a really fucking excellent moment. Yeah. What about you? It sounds like you've got a lot more material to work with as far as contenders. Yeah, it's um, I think it's really hard for me to pick like one moment. I I think I'm going to go with that laughing and uh, like the, the screaming during the zooming in and out. Mm. I don't know why, but that's the one that really stuck with me. Nice, dude. But, you know, Luke, I've been thinking even though I did just buy a house. I'm thinking maybe I'm going to move out to, to the suburbs, and to do that, I'm I'm going to need to secure myself a loan, so could you come with me and co-sign uh, on that loan over at the Hanks Bank? Hell yeah, man. Let's go on over. Hell yeah. Luke, I'm going to need you to throw on your old army uniform and set up a sniper's nest. <laughs> it's time to come with me to the Conspiracy Corner. I'm going to put on a hat. That's what I have at hand. Does that work? Yeah, that's totally fine. All right, my head, um, my head is is hatted. So, Luke, this movie presents some really interesting changes to to our Tom Hanks timeline. Mm. So, we do know that Tom Hanks is a lizard man who has spied on the United States under the direction of Israel's Mossad. Sure. We all know that this is an established objective fact. Yep, yep, yep. Now, where does this movie sit with all his others? Well, Luke. I would like to suggest that maybe this movie is a prequel to The Man with One Red Shoe. Hmm, interesting. So we have Tom Hanks and Carrie Fisher together in a re- in a relationship, living out in the suburbs. At the end of the movie, they're like, hey, we gotta get away from here. Let's go up to the lake. But Luke, I think that that's, that's a false flag. Mm. They leave, and they leave for good. And they realize, you know what? We can't stay together anymore because they're both lizard people. <laughs> and and they're being hunted, as we see by Dr. Klopek, or Klobeck, I don't remember. Yeah. And, uh, and so they realize we have to split. We'll stay in the same city because they still love each other, but, but they, can't, they can't live together anymore. And so Tom Hanks creates a new life as Richard Harlan Drew. Uh, learns the violin because he can do that because he is a lizard person. Mm. Uh, they're they're hyper intelligent. They can master new skills in in the blink of an eye. They're well endowed, and, uh, as we've established. Oh, just a big fat meaty lizard hog, and uh, and so he lives his life as a violinist uh, with a, a particular set of skills, and uh, and Carrie Fisher uh, meets uh, Jim Belushi, or is it John Belushi? Jim. It's John Belushi, isn't it? No, Jim. 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 Okay, one of the Belushi's, uh, and uh, and and does marry him, but continues to try to fuck her old flame, Tom Hanks. Hmm. Well, that makes sense because they're lizard people. They would naturally be attracted to one another, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. They're the only people that they're not repulsed by fucking. Right. Yeah, because they both gotta have the scales. I think. I think Carrie has has acclimated a little better. Um, as evidenced by her uh, Tarzan time with Jim Belushi. Exactly. But Tom clearly is still struggling. Yeah. 
But here's the other thing, and we do get some evidence here that uh, that Tom Hanks is a lizard person, and that's when he is shown uh, sunning himself, mm. uh, as many lizards would. Yeah, you're you're referring to the scene where he is in his backyard taking a nap mm-hmm. in the sun, very much enjoying that vitamin D. Yeah, and he needs it as a lizard man. Uh, he's cold-blooded, needs to warm up, and the only way to do that is with the sun's warming rays. Sure. Or or a, a lamp inside his home. And, Luke, you're probably wondering, uh, if this came before One Red Shoe, they had, a, they had a sun in this one. I was wondering about that, my guy. I can explain that as well. It's, uh, it's pretty clear-cut. Carrie Fisher and the sun go up to the lake, uh, Tom Hanks does all this stuff with uh, with the Klobex and breaking into the house, uh, blowing it up, all of that. Carrie Fisher comes back, no sun. No sun is present in that car, and that's because she ate him. Holy shit, dude, there is no kid. There's no sun because she consumed him whole. Yo, they forgot a kid in this movie. No, no, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> uh, they were accurately portraying the fact that Carrie Fisher, a lizard person, ate her son. Damn, dude. Yeah. That is some solid-ass evidence. Thank you, sir. But it doesn't end there. So, Well, hang on really quick. For those at home that are listening to the, the revelation that just occurred, when Carrie Fisher returns just in time for the Act 3 resolution where the house blows up, there is no child where there previously was a child. No child. Well, he, technically he's there. He's just in Carrie Fisher's stomach. True. Very true. And there's there's more yet. So we see Tom honing his investigative and combat skills, investigating the Klobach's houses, uh, house, and also uh, when he's being attacked by Dr. Klobach. Mm. Uh, he fights him off even having uh, been exploded in the house. And Luke, that is also another bit of evidence showing that Tom Hanks is in fact a lizard person because he stands in a house as it blows up from a massive gas leak. And uh, and you know what? He survives, and that's because lizard people have super strength and super healing. Yeah, I did write in my notes that Tom Hanks is a man impervious to both gas and fire. Because he's a lizard person. Mm. They are unbothered by that. He just felt a nice sort of warm tingling sensation. Sure. Now, Dr. Klobeck, this is an interesting one. Because uh, he mentions multiple times that he's had to move frequently sure. uh, due to some previous issues in previous neighborhoods. And that's because Dr. Klobeck is hunting for lizard people. Mm. He's eradicating them systematically. He may be a member of the resurgent Fourth Reich. I've not been able to corroborate that. But, <laughs> you know, it would not shock me. Except Tom was not hunting for him. But rather, Dr. Klobeck was hunting for Tom. Mm. And we see... He, he, has, he has the bones of all the previous lizard people. Tom and Carrie may be the last ones left, mm. for all we know. And once Dr. Klobeck corners Tom in that ambulance, he pulls out a syringe. And Luke, that syringe is the cure for lizard folk. Mm. And he's wanting to cure Tom Hanks of his, his lizardness. Interesting. So you're positing that not only is he is he a Buffy the Vampire style slayer, but more of a Buffy the Vampire healer type situation. Well, it depends on your definition of cure. Mm. You know, there uh, in in X Men, they wanted to cure the mutants. I gotcha. Okay, mm, so there's a there's a sinister connotation to this medicine. Absolutely. Now there's one more thing, Luke, and this is the one. 
that I I can't quite suss out on my own. Mm. So in Nothing in Common, we saw some symbols um, uh, posted outside of Tom's office, and they were from top to bottom in a perfect line, the male symbol, the female symbol, an asterisk, a cross, and the infinity symbol. Sure. Now we talked about what that might mean, and I suggested that perhaps this is Tom Hanks saying that the Christ child was conceived by Mary and Joseph. Right. Pretty conclusively we determined that, yep. Yes, but we have a new connection, and this was on Dr. Klobeck's furnace. There was, and I sent you this image, and I've printed it out. It is a furry demon face with horns. What does this mean, Luke? (laughs) There's a lot of demonology in this movie, and I'm not certain how this fits into the picture of Tom and lizard people and the Mossad and the resurgent Fourth Reich. Luke, I need some help. Yeah, happy to help out my guy. Also, for those playing along at home, this symbol that Sam has found that is a satyr-style head on a brass plate that says Atar at the top and the boiler company beneath it was on the boiler uh, attached to the crematorium in the basement and was on screen for, oh, I don't know, about three seconds. So I am floored that you managed to see this, my dude. You have to keep your eyes open (laughs) and your head on a swivel, Luke. The enemies are all around us. Yeah. If the lizard people ever found out that I was talking about them out in the open like this, they would haul me away forever. I'm I'm amazed, and uh, I'm just going to assume you were watching this movie with said night vision scope, really homed in on the screen to spot this level of detail. I use a magnifying glass while I watch these movies. Nice. Well, I do have some... I don't know that I have any resolution to offer you, but I do have some additional evidence if you're into that. Okay. Yes. I need all the help I can get on this one. Sure, which it, it was fascinating to me that this is now the second movie we've seen that has a big focus on supposed Satanist cults and or Satanists. Mm-hmm. Yes. Meaning that in Dragnet, we have the pagan group, which were more of a cliche kind of comic-y Satanist group. Right. But loose demonology uh, motifs were also pretty prevalent in that film. So I'm kind of wondering, Sam, if there is a sort of Red Skull aspect to this Fourth Reich that isn't maybe founded in Satanism, and perhaps that could tie into uh, Tom Hanks' vigilant uh, pursuit of these, these folks. God. Luke, I think you've got something here. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I I think there may be. You know, I'm going to go out and say it. I think the resurgent Fourth Reich is led by a demon. (laughs) Nice. Maybe the priest slash porn peddler from Dragnet was a lesser demon in this hierarchy. Maybe we'll see the the king, king god of shit mountain later. Yeah. Do you think maybe his name could be... Atar? It could be. Fuck, dude. If we see a guy named Atar <laughs> at any point in the I future... I will lose my fucking shit. Yeah. Well, well, shit, man. You've blown that right open. Uh, I, I couldn't have done it without you. You know, happy to help. I have no concrete evidence. I just have suspicions, but they're, they're really starting to gnaw at my femurs here, so... Oh, yeah. You know, again, the, the signs are all around us. You just gotta look for them. Well, nice, dude. I'm really starting to see the meat and potatoes in the stew as far as the lizard people theory goes. 
and uh, you've done some great work here. I just want to thank you for that, for your hey, uh, Any way I can serve my country. Yeah, I dig it. Um, I have a segment, if you'd like a segment, sir. Oh, I would love it. This is our third outing with the returning segment that we've liked to call Hank Your Moneymaker. Ooh, Hank it. So for those who are new to this bit, Hank Your Moneymaker is a segment where I pitch Sam three different business ventures that Tom Hanks or somebody in the Hanks family have pursued. And it is up to Sam to find the one true venture and to eliminate the two utter falsehoods that are in the mix. So are you ready, sir? Uh, uh, readier than I've been in my entire life. So the three I have for you today are in April 2011, Playtone Interactive, which is a production company owned by Tom Hanks, Playtone Interactive optioned the rights to produce the film adaptation of American Idiot, a movie based on the Broadway musical of the same name, starring Billy Joe Armstrong as St. Jimmy and fe- featuring music from the Green Day album of the same name. So that's option number mm-hmm. one. In May of 2020, Playtone began talks with a streaming video service, Quibi, to produce a short series entitled, and this is Greek, so I'm gonna fuck it up, but it is, Tuspiti Moi, a travel show, in quotes, featuring Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks at home in Greece during national lockdown. And lastly, last year in 2019, Masterclass produced a 13-hour and 20-minute acting class taught by Tom Hanks, detailing his improvisational methods method preparation, and physical acting techniques. It is available for 250 bucks with a 4.7 out of 5 stars rating. Holy shit. You are a fucking genius when it comes to these. <laughs> it's it's genuinely distressing at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see which, which one you're leaning towards. Do you want me to recap those again one more time really quickly? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, please. Okay. So option number one was the movie option, the movie adaptation of American Idiot, the Broadway play. And then second, we had the stay-at-home style travel show produced for Quibi or will be produced for Quibi. Uh, and then third was the Masterclass with Tom Hanks. That was uh, 250 bucks, Pretty expensive, but maybe worth it. I will now accept questions. Okay. I'm, I'm leaning towards the second or the third. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause masterclass seems like he's the person that they would tap for that. Sure, they they get big names. They really do, but I, I want to watch the Quibi show. Nice. Um, that's that's the only Quibi I would Quibi. Is <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks at home in quarantine in Greece, just kind of yes. reading the paper and doing stuff. Yeah, I th- I think that's quibbable. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm going with that one. All right, so your final answer is the in-production Quibi short series. Yeah, Quibi me, baby. All right, well, Sam, I'd love to quibble you, but you are zero for three, motherfucker. Fuck almighty. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the correct answer Son was number one, the movie adaptation of American Idiot. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I am in no way fucking with you, my man. The other God two <laughs> are totally false. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you better at coming up for things that apparently Tom himself is? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a rich vein. But, um, you know, in this case, uh, sadly, the the movie adaptation of American Idiot does not look likely. So I guess Playtone never quite brought that one to fruition. And I'm with you. I would love to see this Quibi show. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like it'd be a good fucking time. Yeah, the Uzo episode especially would be just fantastic. (laughs) 
Well, unless you've got any other uh, thoughts, let's uh, let's talk about next week, where we'll be watching, I believe it is, 1989's Turner and Hooch. Mm-hmm. Luke, what do you what do you think this one's about? So I'm I'm blessed with ignorance here, and that I know absolutely nothing about Turner and Hooch, other than I believe there's a dog involved. Okay. So what I'm okay. what I'm forecasting is a gritty uh, end of the world style apocalyptic movie where Tom Hanks is wandering the zombie ridden wastelands with his dog, uh, scrounging for food and looking for the last other people on Earth, if he can find them. Uh, and I am forecasting that probably something's gonna happen to the dog, which. Mm. gonna be real tough to watch you, you hate to see it yeah i've i've actually seen turner and hooch this is the first movie that we've watched that i've actually seen before but it's been a really long time damn dude i didn't know this yeah i thought you'd only basically seen the terminal and that was it <laughs> <laughs> uh no unfortunately i mean granted unfortunately i have seen the terminal sure but, um I've, I've seen a few of his other bits and pieces okay but but no, I saw Turner and Hooch once when I I think I was sick as a child, mm. so I don't remember a whole lot of it. But um, I think there's a dog, and uh, I'll say that my prediction is that uh, Tom Hanks uh, has a dog, and he is a Kentucky moonshine man, <laughs> and and he's selling that hooch all over rural Kentucky with his loyal pup uh, Hubert. Nice. I was going to ask which one's named Hooch, because it kind of sounds like Hanks is named Hooch. I I think Hooch is the dog. Oh, okay. I think. Kind of ironic, that, if he's a, if he's a moonlighting, moonshining kind of dude. Well, it'd be a good nickname for him. That's true. Uh, they should have they talked to you before they made this fucking <laughs> flick. True. Well... That that'll do it for us this week. Um, so so thanks for for listening to another episode. If you if you want to drop us a line, uh, you can email us at hanksypanksypod at gmail If you like the podcast, feel free to share it with a friend, please. Uh, you can also uh, write us a review on Facebook. Uh, we're Hanksy Panksy Podcast, and uh, and you can also follow us on Twitter uh, at Hanksy Panksy. I'd also like to thank. Uh, Ryan Boyd for our righteous fucking intro and Mm. outro music and you can follow them at Ryan Droid D-R-O-Y-D on Twitter and and see their other work. Nice. So Luke, do you you have a final quote for us? I do. This was said by Theodore Klobeck to some of the cool kids at the very end of the movie when he approaches them he says Okay, hip kids, get off my car. (laughs) <laughs> he was he was truly a hidden gem in this film mm, so good well well folks that'll uh luke mm-hmm. i i think i heard something in the oh no oh, oh no. no it's a scaled it's a scaled hand oh. <laughs> uh, uh coming in the door oh no oh god the, they're coming to get me uh well everyone uh thanks for listening to hexy pexy we'll be back next week with the turner and the hoops bye <laughs>